Hello and welcome Behind the Bar podcast listeners. Before today's episode gets started, I just wanted to warn everybody that this episode does contain sensitive content and is not intended for all age groups. The discussion that we are bringing up is something that happened to us, happened to me personally, and happened to us as a studio. The names, if mentioned at all, have been changed, and we do not discuss anybody's personal information or their whereabouts at this time. Again, just wanted to give everybody warning that the following episode does contain sensitive content. Thank you for listening. Hi, and welcome to Behind the Bar, a podcast where we have conversations outside of the dance class. I'm Krista. And I'm Taylor. And welcome to Behind the Bar. Everybody, and we are back for part three. The grand finale. Of the saga of the students. Yeah, I have my coffee. I'm ready. Yes. If you don't know what we're talking about, then you need to go listen to episode seven. Episode eight. And episode eight. We will not be recapping. We cannot help you. We will just go right in. Yes. And if you don't care, then don't go back. <laughs> then don't go back. Um, and just this conversation is not because um, not because this story is going to help you run a better studio. <laughs> it's just an experience. I it's think. an experience. And it's, it's, it's exactly what we've been saying is that stuff that happens to you happens to everybody. I would be so curious to know if this has happened to somebody else. This like... Even chronological, like an inkling of it. Yeah, Um, and I think it also it taught me a lot about how to deal with people in certain situations. Also, boundaries. Yeah, yep, and it it became huge on boundaries and hard because our our daughters were friends. Obviously, our phone's working. Um, Interpersonal connections, maybe. Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah. So just. It's yeah. It is more about the experience, and I did learn a lot from it. And it's really what catapulted me into realizing that a lot of what these teenagers come to us with and say isn't actually necessarily what's happening. Um, I have since then had a lot of situations where kids come at us with, you know, the dramatics, and more often than not, it is dramatic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's always important to listen and to do with the information what the right thing is, which is if you need to reach out to local authorities or whatever is great. Um, but to realize that sometimes they're really looking for that um, that shock factor to have somebody kind of buy into their story. And it happens a lot. Yeah. Here. I have a lot of stories around it. <laughs> this is the most like extreme, extreme, extreme. Spans for years. Yes. So... We are now um, finishing grade 12 and this... No, finishing grade 11. Nope, we finished grade 12. They graduated because oh, right. they're okay. staying for another they're year. They're staying for an extra year, yeah. Yes. You're correct. Are you lost on the trilogy? Uh, no, I am right on track. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so they're dancing for another year. So kid comes back to dance class. It's totally fine. Um, it's a strange year. I find a year after high school is strange anyways. So uh, they're kind of lost. 
not really knowing what to do, had chosen to take a year off from uh, going to university, is going to seek out being in university. Mm-hmm. Um, and starts, like, coming to dance, looking like they haven't showered in days. Um, always, like, wearing a hoodie, like, up around their face. Like, you can just, like, see their, like, circle. Like, they pull the string so tight. Yeah. Um quite like excluding themselves from the room not joking yeah not not talking not joking around no longer friends with the other kids which in itself is like why why did you stay yeah that's that's yeah becoming an art hard individual to teach really weird things um another thing this child suddenly takes up is art i never was an artist before like like drawing art Mm -hmm. Never was an artist before, aside from dance. Never expressed to us that they had any talent in it. And the kid's really good at it. Of course they are. They're really good at everything they do. They are extremely always the high achiever. So suddenly he is now producing art and he's going to sell it. And he's going to go to a prestigious art school here in our country. And it's weird because we're all like, what the heck? Like once again... You found something to obsess over. Yeah, like micro obsessions. Yeah, and he becomes very obsessed about his art. At the same time, he suddenly has a lot of friends. But none of these friends are people that we ever meet. They are all over the internet. Mm-hmm. They are all um, in chat rooms and part of whatever different chat groups he's in. He has fake, not fake, I shouldn't say, but other Instagram accounts under different names. Okay. Um, weird. Like, just weird stuff. Like, suddenly he has a whole other personality that none of us are allowed to be a part of or know. And the only reason we know they're happening is because he likes that shock factor, he'll drop tidbits of information. Yeah. But not Red enough. Crumbs. Yeah, but not enough for us to go on. He also becomes a giant 21 Pilots fan. Okay. I hate that band. Me too. I I also hate that (laughs) band. And I'm sorry for all of you that love it. I hate it too. And the only reason I'm including that is it became also a weird obsession. Like, obsession. Like, his art became nothing but art except for the lead singer. And everything in his life had to do around... um, the uh, lyrics of the songs and it was just and he joined like 21 pilot forums to talk in like it was weird it was really weird and if you're not exactly living the experience with him you're not aware of how weird it was but it was a complete polar opposite to who that person was prior right so anyway we're all aware it's weird we're like whatever just get through the year this kid's dancing we're not quite sure why he's dancing he's not into it He's obviously finding his own path. Um, He's now fully starting hormones. um, And that's kind of just the way it is. So we also notice he starts becoming really good friends with a student we have here who is quite significantly younger than him. And by significant, I mean maybe three years. I think three years. But enough where it's like, you know, you're out of high school now. You don't really need to be hanging around with a girl a few years behind you in high school. You weren't friends with them prior. They only know each other because they were on the same dance team here, but they were not close. And they become close. She's also a 21 Pilots fan. 
Right. So there's their link. Whatever. That friendship keeps going and going. I get a phone call one day from the mom. And she goes, I need to ask you a question. I don't know how to approach this because it's not a business question. But you're the only person I know who knows my daughter's good friend, this male. Yeah. What do you know about him? And I go... What is it you? What is it that's going on? Yeah, you need to you tell need me to... what's going on because I know a lot, and uh, the way you're approaching this lets me know that something's going on. And she goes, "Okay." So he came into our lives as a friend um, of my daughter's. He comes over all the time. Um, this year, I've been buying him groceries. I've completely stocked his shelves in his home, in his apartment. Because, oh, so this is the thing. So in his family home, yeah, there was a basement suite that his mom put in for him. So he moved into the basement suite of their okay. house. So they lived in the same house. He just lived in the basement. It wasn't, like, really closed off or yeah. anything. That's just where he lived. Okay. And so this woman's telling me he bought groceries. Or she bought him groceries. And she goes, you know, and I'm really concerned now because he's told us um, – Quite a few things. So he had told her. So the, the, the most recent thing and the reason why she phoned me is that he told them that he had a brain tumor. A brain tumor. Yeah. And he knew everything about the brain tumor. And he had a name for the doctor. And he had a scan. And he had, like, he, and he had a picture of the scan. Like, he had stuff. And her, her daughter was frantic because her mm-hmm. friend was dying of a brain tumor. But she didn't believe it, that there was a brain tumor. And I said, well, I also wouldn't believe that there was a brain tumor because there is a lot about this child that you probably should know. But I suggest you phone the mother because he doesn't tell the truth and, I don't, and there's something going on there and I don't know what. And she goes, the mother? He doesn't have a mom. What? He's living in the mom's house. Yeah. Yeah. So he told her that he was residing in this home, that he paid rent, and that the lady upstairs had, I think he said schizophrenia, and that the lady upstairs thought she was his mom, so that if his, so, (laughs) so if the friend was ever over and he heard, the lady upstairs was like, something, something, mom, that she wasn't to be alarmed that he called her mom because she was so crazy that he didn't want to anger her, but that he didn't know the lady. His mom had completely left him years prior. He had, oh yeah, oh yeah. This he had no mom. money, no anything. So this parent of his friend, of his so-called friend, who we met yeah. through the studio, was buying his groceries and helping him. They had all been to the house. Yeah. They'd seen where he lives. But they thought he was renting a basement suite off a random woman with schizophrenia who believed she was his mom and not his mom at all. Furthermore, he told them that he got evicted from the house because the lady went insane and he was living in his car. What didn't add up to this customer who's phoning me about this is that he had a very nice car, like a like a very nice yeah. car, like a new car, not an old beater, I don't, whatever. A new fancy car that you would have had to have if some... you're strapped pr- for cash, the car goes first. Yes, and if you would have probably had financial help to receive in the first place. Yeah. Um, so we went, so she, you know, this child doesn't have a mom, he doesn't have money, he now is homeless. They were building him a room in their house. 
And then he came out that he has a brain tumor. Okay. Uh-huh. So Building him a home in their home. That they were building him a bedroom. They were going to take him in. They were devastated for him. They, they were devastated. He was whatever. And I went, okay. I said, you know, I'm not going to tell you what I know. Uh-huh. I'm just going to tell you that there is a lot, a lot of past um, situations that this has happened. He's yeah. really affected my family. Here's his mom's number. Call his mom. Yeah. So she did. She called his mom and met her for the first time ever. And his mom lost her mind. And she got Rightfully really... Rightfully so. She got really, really angry at him. And he took off on her and went for some long drive and claimed he was going to harm himself. And she was calling me and my daughter to try and find him. And like we had, and we were pretty far removed at this point, so we had no idea where he would be. He ends up coming home. He ends up harming himself. And he ends up in the hospital. So he ends up in the psychiatric ward uh, for mental health evaluation to be monitored because he has now harmed himself to the point where he could have lost his life. And it's a really bad situation. Yeah. So my daughter and I decide we're going to go visit him. And my daughter is like, I'm asking him. I'm flat out asking him why he did this. Because this is ridiculous. You're hurting. And he's just constantly hurting people. So my daughter did. She asked him, and he had really nothing to say. He was like, I know, I don't know, I don't know why I did that, I don't know, and had no real reasons, just we know he's mentally unwell. We discovered while he was in the hospital that through his internet friends on his 21 Pilot forums and his Instagram accounts that were um, all 21 Pilot based, he had started a GoFundMe account for his cancer, for his brain cancer. He... Had a GoFundMe account. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Completely illegal. So that came to light. Um, it came to light that he had all these these uh, friends. And it was just, like, it was it was just too much, right? Like, all the lies. So now all the lies, lies are exploding. And we've been following his lies for, for 15 years at this point. Yeah. So... That all happens, and I, I, and the obvious, and this, this poor girl that he was hanging around with, she went into heavy counseling. So she had already prior had like a lot of trust issues and not a lot of friends, and was somebody that was kind of bullied at school. And so he, that was a very good victim for him to be a part of, right? Not strong minded, not strong willed. He really used her. She was devastated. That, like it yeah. tore that poor girl apart. It was awful. Um, and he, you know, was still continuing to dance. So, and he lied to her. So the daughter, the, or the the girl that he was friends with, she thought that, she didn't know he was in the hospital. She thought that he was, I can't remember, away working, something really weird. She had, and we have obviously, at the studio, we weren't talking about it. We weren't telling people yeah. anything because we were like, this is getting really intense. Like, this is starting to explode. Yes. So anyway... He got out of the hospital. Life continued on. I don't really know how him and his mom mended from that point. Um, He was on our competitive teams that year. And we fast forward all the way to Mother's Day. Mother's Day. So he phones me the morning of Mother's Day. And we were on our way to a competition out of town. And he phones me and he goes, hey, happy Mother's Day. Not abnormal. And I go, thank you. How are you? And he goes, well, I thought I should just call you to let you know 
that um, we had a house fire last night and part of our house burned down. And I go, oh my God, what? Are you okay? Yeah, uh, what? Is your mom okay? Is your, where are you? Like, what? And he's like, oh yeah, no, we're fine. We're fine. Okay. We are at my grandma's. And I just thought I should let you know. And he's like super nonchalant about it. And I can't even believe this. Like, holy smokes. It's a fire. Yeah. And he's like, so um, I don't know if I'm going to have to miss some competition, but I just wanted to let you know what's going on. And I'm like super focused on his safety. Yeah. So I hang up the phone. I turn to my daughter and I'm like, okay. He claims their house burnt down. One of two things happened. It didn't burn down and he's lying. We're going to drive there right now. Or he did it. So we get in the car. Oh, God. We drive to the house. Yep. And sure as heck, it's police taped off and the top floor of that house is melted down. The house is burned down? Yeah, like the top floor. You can tell the top floor damage. The roof is caved in on the top floor. The top floor, is, there's yeah. str- it's burned down. Not down to the ground foundation, but the, it, the house has been on fire. Yep. Holy smokes. Holy smokes. Literally. Literally. <laughs> So, I'm like, what the heck? Like, how does that even happen? Like, How are you so nonchalant about what, that? And what happened? So, we proceed through that day, I don't know, through competition, and he gets a hold of my daughter, and he's like, is there any way you can bring me clothes? We have nothing. We had to leave the house in the middle of the night. And I'm like, okay, I want to know what happened. So, he tells us that he was asleep. And he all of a sudden could hear the alarm, fire alarm going off. And the next thing he knew, he could hear um, his mom. mom yelling for him. And he got out of the house. And they were standing at the side of the road. And now they're not allowed back in. And it's a police and fire investigation. But the weird part of it is, is he's like, in, he goes, you know, and now the police and, uh, and fire have my cell phone and my iPad and my computer and our clothes. And I go, well, why do they have all that? He goes, well, they're making us suspects and my mom's so mad about it. And his mom is mad about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. That's her home. And I'm thinking, I think you burned your house down. So he goes, says to me, he goes, can you think of anybody who would hate me enough to want to burn down my house? Do you think this is a hate crime towards transgender people? Do you think... And I mean, I, those things aren't unheard of. So you're like, well, I, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't think so, but I don't know. And he goes, or somebody who hates my mom enough. And I'm like, yeah, you, you. Like, look at all the crap he said about his mom over all these years. So he continues to come to dance and to competitions. And there's a few competitions. And now we're like, we're literally afraid of him. Yeah. But we don't really know what to do. To do. Where to go from here because what's going to happen. So it comes out that the fire report, the fire chief's report, is that the, um, so it's arson, Mm -hmm. that gas has been poured all over the house. And that strangely enough, it was poured up the door of the mom's bedroom door, down the hall, all over the top living room through the couch, And then in the basement, there's little spot fires everywhere, as if somebody intentionally lit them to make it look like the whole house was to go down. But the pattern looked more intended to harm whoever resided in the master bedroom. bedroom. His mom. 
His clothes were taken because there was gasoline splatters up the legs of his pajama pants. Right. Because he probably doused the Do house in gas. people not pay attention in true crime podcasts and everything on what happened? I guess not. Um, so now they have possession of all his stuff. They have possession of his clothes. Him and his mom are both being investigated. His mom gets cleared. They are now living in a hotel because yep. they have nowhere to live. Right. Um, and he is still, and flat out, my daughter has flat out asked him if he did it. And he's like, why would I do that? And like horrified, we would ask. He is trying to, like we had to sleep, we sometimes had to stay out of town at competition. So he was asking if he could stay with us. And I was like, nope. So we were like making up lies as to why he couldn't stay with us and all this stuff. Because we were like, we're, we don't feel safe with this person. Like this is a whole extreme. Yeah. Um, and then we, um, and then, and then, so we just, we kind of keep going, but everybody's keeping him at arm's length and everybody office, like studio wise knows in terms of staff, the kids yeah. have no idea. The kids are just going about their, yeah, they're still friends with them. They're still doing their thing. They don't know. They don't know who this guy is or what he can do or what he can't do. They have no idea. And we don't know because he hasn't been accused of anything. We're just assuming all all arrows lead, lead to, to one per- this one person. The gas on the door. The- yeah, yeah. So then he's saying, like, he's, and he's being honest about it. He's like, yeah, they found our jerry can inside, and it's from our side shed, and I don't know how it got there, and it was completely melted to the ground, so they can't fingerprint it. On and on and on and on and on. Yeah. So we are now seven days before show. And he comes in one night and he was mad. Every day he was mad because the police weren't giving him back his cell phone. The police weren't giving him back his cell phone. And keep in mind, he also has an alternate life online. Mm -hmm. And he's mad. He can't get a hold of his friends. He can't do anything because he doesn't have his phone. He doesn't have his phone. He has no phone. Comes in to dance and we'll never, we'll all never forget it who was here. It was a Wednesday night. He comes in. He has a brand new cell phone that his mom just bought him. Yeah. And he has a lawyer. And he goes, I got a lawyer. And he's flashing around this business card. And he's like, talk to my lawyer. Talk to my lawyer. Annoying. Talk to my lawyer. Okay. Annoying. <laughs> and we're like, this isn't funny because we think you did it. Did it. So he comes in to rehearsal that Wednesday night. And the next morning I get a phone call from his mom. And she goes, I want to let you know that he was arrested out of his hotel room last night. Yeah. But he didn't do it. He didn't do it. Krista, he didn't do it. My child would never do this. He would not have tried to kill me. He would not have tried to harm me. He didn't do it. I don't know why they've taken him. And he went, he fully went to prison. Gone. Until trial. Right. Yeah. Um, he ended up getting out on, so it was, it was crazy. Like, we're all like. This happened. And we are certain he's done it. Yeah. So in that time. The police then contact us because the last person he phoned was me. Before the fire. After the fire because he phoned me in the morning. So I was phoned within the hours of the fire. My daughter had been texted and contacted. So we are now going to also have to talk to the police. Yeah. Um, And it was incredibly terrifying. It was incredibly traumatizing to my daughter. Yeah. Because this was somebody that was also her best friend. And now we are being questioned about everything. And we are just like, he did it. Like, it's simple. He did it. Yeah, like, all signs lead to... Yeah. 
I start getting emails from at the studio. I start getting emails from people I've never met saying things like, hey, we're looking for this particular teacher uh, we were told you have and we can't find him anymore. And it's his internet friends. So we had to hand over police file, like like email files to the police because they were trying to track people. Um, the police were asking me if I knew all these certain names, which were people that he had obviously been talking to through his phone. Yeah. And it came down to that they had enough evidence to prove that he was guilty. And so he pled not guilty. He had a very good lawyer. Uh, he got off on house arrest. Okay. And he started working at Starbucks and that was very weird. So we no longer went there. We had a few students that saw him. Um, and then eventually he just, and, and, and there, was, there was huge things for my family. Like we changed all the locks in our house. We put an alarm system in. Yep. I had staff that were too afraid to work at night alone because they were afraid he'd be standing outside because it, we were legitimately afraid he was going to f- try to get to us in some way, shape, or form. We were huge in his life. Yeah. For he, so long. For so long. He, when he got out of jail, before he went to trial, he got out of jail on bail. Because, again, his dad is a very prominent, prominent man. Yeah. Got him out. And so this is the piece that goes back to the first episode about this, where he was going to the dad's house for dinners and stuff. Yep. Turns out, and the policeman told me this himself, and he said, he was like, even if this was a reality TV show, I wouldn't believe what's happening in the storyline. The wife... Of his dad. Yeah. Thought that they were just family friends coming over all the time for dinners and birthdays. She had no idea that this child was the dad's biological son. Or daughter, sorry, at that time. That is so messed up. And the only reason she found out is because when he had to post bail. Yeah. He had to tell her he was posting bail. And because he posted bail, they released him in his father's care. And his father had to move out and buy a house and live just with him. And he had to come clean with the wife. That is insane. That's insane. Isn't that insane? That's crazy. Yeah. The the policeman was like, you can't even write this stuff. This Family friend? Family friend the whole time. Because like I said, he was going there and his mom. So like the mistress of the affair was getting invited into the home for... And I always found it so weird. And it made sense because the student, our student, she, or then later on he, was never allowed to call him dad in public, mm-hmm. was never allowed to refer to him as father, yeah. was never allowed because nobody was allowed to know that this had happened. So there's so much trauma there and mental health trauma yeah. to lead into kind of where we are at today. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she had no idea. So he went out on bail. He tried to contact my daughter immediately after that through Instagram. She blocked him. There was Rightfully no, so. There, she, there was no reply. We changed all our locks. We kind of changed our lives. We just didn't associate. We didn't anymore go to that Starbucks. Um, We have seen him a few times in public, awkwardly, like coming out of a grocery store or whatever, never face-to-face. My daughter has come face-to-face with him, but there was no interaction. They just passed each other like they didn't know. And he, from what I, and we don't know now. From what we know now, he does live somewhere else. Um, who knows how many other people he has duped into conversations or non-truths about whatever. Yeah. Honestly, it's really sad because I don't think he ever received the mental help that he needed from this. He never had any repercussions from this. The going on to house arrest, I don't think really altered his life very much. Yeah. Um, 
and he's just moseyed on. And I pray that he never does anything again or ever tries anything again. And is the mom still just... The mom is still just... I don't know how they worked through it. Um, My daughter was actually supposed to testify against him in court, and Mm -hmm. it was going to be awful. Yeah. It was really terrifying for us. I got off because he didn't tell me as much stuff as he had told her. Yeah. So they had said, they had summoned her to come to court. And the week before she was to go, she got a letter that he had finally, um, finally uh, pled guilty because he was not guilty. He finally yeah. changed his plea to guilty. Because of that, he took a plea bargain. So she didn't need She to. didn't have to go. There was no trial. We know he's guilty. It's come out. He's guilty. He was all over the news. Um, he, yeah. Yeah. Wild. And this will follow his record forever. He was an adult. He was an adult. Yeah. When he lit the fire. He tried to kill his own mom. Student of ours. Crazy. I would have never imagined that in my wildest dreams. And it was like, from the studio perspective, it was kind of scary because I'm thinking, okay, now his name's in the media. This is all over the media. People are going to be reaching out to us, left, right, and center, going like, mm-hmm. what the heck? This kid was a junior teacher. This kid was Absolutely. A- he was, like, around my but children. We like- had no way of knowing that this was going to happen. Like, no way of knowing that this was going to happen. And we went into a, just saying to people, we have no idea. We cannot comment. We know nothing. Because... We don't know anything. Yeah. And now he's off living his life. And I, I really don't know. I don't have, we don't have him on any forms. He's blocked from anything in our lives. So I have. Which is valid. Like it's completely yeah. validated. Yeah. So I have no idea. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. So that is our, that is our biggest and wildest story that ever has happened here. It is. Obviously, was a three-parter to go through the three sections of um, his this life. This life, yeah. And I hope that nobody else has ever had a story to this extreme or has had to go through this. The play it had on everybody's st- stress levels as a team was huge. Um, the fear it put into a lot of my staff and a lot of my... Not my students. The students were very not aware. I feel like the students... Like, we're all very good at kind of yeah. hiding that kind of stuff yeah. from the kids. And the big piece, not the big <laughs> piece of this, but a huge piece of this was that he got arrested five days before show, or not even five days. It was five days before show. So all of a sudden he was gone from all the dances too. Yeah. So we spent hours upon hours in this building in the middle of the night. Re-choreographing. Re-choreographing, bringing in alternates, stepping up. And it was a very, and none of the kids knew why. They all thought he'd gone away because he was sick. Yep. Only my daughter knew. So she had to harbor that that secret alone on stage. Mm-hmm. It's like losing a limb when you lose your dance partner. Yep. Um, it was a very hard time for her. She struggled. Like, she struggled because she was holding on to a secret that she was not allowed to talk about. And also, like, performing her final year, because it was now her grad year, without who had been, like, one of her close friends and yep. constant in her lives. So it, it was a huge. It was huge. It altered everything. The stress levels were extreme extreme i can't even imagine yeah cannot imagine yeah so that's That's insane yeah it is insane it is absolutely insane but it's just crazy like it Mm -hmm. it mind-boggling i did not think that it would have gone 
that direction. I know your guesses. She had some guesses <laughs> off camera and you were wrong. Yeah. None of us would could have imagined that. None of us could have imagined that. And I, I do feel really sad for him and his family because I think that a lot of help needed to happen there. Yeah. On many different levels. And I, from what I know, it didn't happen. So hopefully they're out there living their best lives. Yep. And that they've worked through it all and that the right steps have been taken and that everybody is safe from this point on. Yep. You can only wish them Yeah, I only wish them the best. But for us, it created a lot of trauma. And I have have learned more than I wanted to know in terms of, like, legalities of things and court court and how to deal with that. And then the trauma around it and the stress around me and my family and the safety. And it goes on and on and on. But that is the end of our saga. That's crazy. It's crazy. I don't even know. Like, I just (laughs) tune in next week for some good, wholesome um, mental health awareness. Yeah, we won't have anything as exciting as this. Absolutely not. We're going to focus on positives. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, (laughs) totally. Yeah, we'll have something else. It won't won't be as dramatic. (laughs) Anyway, thanks for listening to Behind the Bar, and we'll talk to you next time. You can follow us at Behind the Bar Pod Pod. on Instagram, or you can email us, BehindTheBarPodcast at gmail.com. Thanks. Have a great day.